Hello and welcome to Call Bing Sports. The Utah Jazz have made a recent trade for Taylor Horton Tucker. We're going to take a look at that today. I mean, Donovan Mitchell rumors. Um, I I can't have enough as much as I don't want to listen to any of them. So I'm just, I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment. So we will talk about that. And then what would an NBA show be like without talking about Kevin Durant and his current situation with the Brooklyn Nets? So worked late Wednesday night. Um, did not check Twitter after I got off. And apparently that was a mistake because Thursday morning woke up and a couple hours later, all of a sudden get my daily email from the athletic and was shocked to see that the jazz had made a trade for Taylor fortune Tucker, which really felt like a big domino for me um, on the Lakers side, more than the jazz side. And we can talk about both sides um, and we'll definitely get more into it on the jazz side. But what did you think about it from the Lakers perspective, Dale? I'm glad you asked me that because I think the Lakers' perspective is really interesting. The first, the first part of it is for the longest time, the Lakers like there was a while where the Lakers like there's no way we're trading Taylor Horton Tucker, and they shot down some like pretty good deals that included him, and so they held him as his valuable asset. Then because they held him like that, now their roster was so shot that he was the only trade piece that they had, so they're trying to set him up as this very valuable asset that they're trying to trade and no teams were interested. So I think it's kind of interesting that they gave up Taylor Horton Tucker for Patrick Beverly, who Patrick Beverly is, I, it, it makes more sense for them, but with where they, where they saw Taylor Horton Tucker's value, it, it was kind of weird that that was the trade they made. They said, Hey, we want Patrick Beverly where Taylor Horton Tucker, he's still 21. I thought he was yeah. a lot older when the trade was made. So we'll see where that plays out. But then from the Lakers' perspective, now they have Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook. They have a history. What? Uh, which is, which is uh, I Giving... think Patrick Beverly is an awesome player to play next to LeBron James. I don't know if he's who you want as your starting point guard. So here's, from the Lakers' perspective, I'll try to keep this pretty brief. I think it's interesting, though, because Dennis Schroeder's still out there as a free agent. I think he'd be a, him and Pat Beverly, I think, are a fine point guard um, depth chart for the Lakers. Yeah. And so that opens up a possibility where if they can get Dennis Schroeder, they have Patrick Beverly. Um, it opens up things like both of them are probably better at shooting than Russell Westbrook, even though as much as no one wants to hear me say this, he's an underrated three point shooter right now. He didn't have like an awful three point year this last year. He's just not as good as you would want a superstar to be. And yeah. he actually had a, a decent year for his career. Um, but it opens up the door to for them to trade Russell Westbrook for to surround LeBron with some more shooting. I don't know what they could get if uh, Buddy Heald is still in play. I don't I know he was recently traded. That would be an awesome deal for them if they could get someone like that. They may look for someone like a Gordon Hayward who is on the he's like a plan mm. B for a lot of teams right now. So that could be an interesting one One if he stays healthy. The problem is the Lakers' biggest issue besides depth is health, and you're just signing another player who's – or getting another player who normally gets injured, and you're trading away a very reliable player who's probably going to play 82 games next season no. if you trade away Westbrook. That makes a lot of sense, and that's kind of rough, right? Like Charlotte obviously doesn't want Westbrook, but if you get Westbrook, then you get out of like the – three years or maybe even four yeah, the, years left on the Hayward deal. The Hayward deal is um, longer contract than Westbrook. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so if you feel like it's that damaging long-term, then maybe you make that trade just to clear up cap space a lot quicker. What I think this definitely shows is that the Lakers are doing their best to move on from Westbrook. And I do think that you'll see Westbrook get shipped off to Indiana for a year. You'll bring back Buddy Heald. And I can't remember, but there was, um, you've got some other good pieces in Indiana. And that's going to give you a lot more depth. And Indiana selling. So that is definitely a possibility. And there, I mean, they're a team that really struggles because from my understanding, they cannot financially rebuild based on the market they're in. Like, the Jazz, if they go into a rebuild mode, which I think is increasingly likely, um, will still, you know, fill up 80% of the arena, if not sell it out. Like, they're still going to be okay from a fan's perspective. It won't be as great as it's been this last half decade, um, but it's they're still going to be okay. But Indiana needs to be performing at a somewhat decent level in order to stay financially relevant in the league. And I think by just giving the reins to Westbrook for a year you'll be able to like make do and that'll work for you. So that's kind of a not title related piece of information, but from my understanding would make sense to have Westbrook sent to Indiana. But what you said where THT, I just keep hearing about him and it's been like the Lakers won't get rid of him, which is why I texted you Thursday morning, like, holy crap, this is so exciting. And then I went and looked at the stats and I'm like, huh, this is the guy that was like a, no, which his st- stats aren't the whole story. Like they could have seen a lot of potential. Like he could come in, play 36 minutes a night in Utah and show why the Lakers wanted to keep him so badly. But the stats for what he's played weren't as good as I expected them to be based on the hype around him. So I kind of got the vibe. I'm like, he might be getting some LA help here where like mediocre stars in big markets like, I don't know, um, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that may be a little harsh. That is definitely a bit harsh. But Jimmy Butler, if he's playing, um, you know, like, if he's playing in Indiana, isn't going to have the same level of hype around him as he does in Miami. He, I think he's nearing that superstar level because of being in Miami. And I don't think he'd be there in another market. Yeah, but the and. Talking about Taylor Horton Tucker on the Jazz, he is the perfect player for the Jazz to get because all signs are pointing to the Jazz are going toward towards the rebuild. Uh, the the Jazz were holding on to some, trying to keep it secret, like having people guess what they were doing, uh, which Brian Windhorst definitely helped out with that narrative. <laughs> uh, but um, now it seems like they're pretty obviously saying we're getting rid of Mitchell. We're kind of we're kind of blowing this thing up. Um, I don't think they're actively just going to trade their veteran players just to trade them, but if they can get a pick out of them, especially an unprotected pick, uh, you're going to see uh, Conley, Bojan, Clarkson are all up for sale if the Jazz yeah. can gather draft assets from it. So I the, don't like think... expect to see. It's not like they're going and just trading them just to trade them, but if the if they can get an unprotected, decent first-round pick, like, they, they're they gone. Yeah. I don't see the Jazz getting a unprotected first-round pick for Conley um, yeah, unless a title contender's star point guard goes down. And he that should would, have gone to the Lakers if they were trading Westbrook. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not a terrible deal. I just... 
I definitely feel like if Westbrook, and there have been these rumors, right? I think the big thing is, is if you're shipping it out calmly and taking on Westbrook, you want both of the first round picks that the, um, that the Lakers have, right? And I don't think they're going to give them up. And in the end, I guess if you're like, we can get a 2029 Lakers pick, like LeBron's going to be gone. Like we've seen how like Davis really struggles to stay on the court. Like, are we concerned about this? Um, I feel like the Lakers relevancy has just been questioned more and more these last few months. Like LeBron was a breath of like brought life to the organization. And I think there's great questions about whether or not the organization will be able to survive after he leaves. Part of that is the fact that he has bled them dry from like his GMing. Um, But yeah, the Lakers are going to struggle. So maybe Westbrook comes to Utah, but I think Westbrook gets bought out. Like, I just don't want a situation where the Jazz are in the news every other week for another fan rightfully getting banned for the arena for life from, like, (laughs) yelling racial slurs at one of the Jazz's players. And maybe that wouldn't happen, but I don't think it would end well. Yeah, if if he comes to Utah, the Jazz are getting two picks, which probably won't happen because... LeBron is now extended. The Lakers yeah. are under less pressure. Um, and then Westbrook gets bought out. That's almost definitely what's going to happen. Um, which, uh, like, I think from the Lakers' perspective, I know I know we tried to shift it back to the Jazz. I think Bojan and Conley would be awesome next to LeBron James. Yeah. Um, Bojan I, is bringing back a first-round pick, and so is Clarkson. Both of them um, yeah. definitely are first-round pick material. And, and probably... Clarkson's, I don't know, I hope people aren't underrating either of them, but I would imagine you may get a young asset with one of them as well with a first-round pick. But let's, uh, we kind of skipped over Taylor Horton Tucker. I know his stats aren't great. You look at his per 36 minutes, not super impressive either. We do have to realize, though, he's 21. He's kind of the age of a rookie right now. If you look at um, Devin Booker's numbers were probably better than Taylor Horton Tucker's. Uh, when he was, because De- Devin Booker came in when he was, I think it was 18 when he was drafted, but he wasn't really incredible for three or four years because he came in so young. It, even look at Kobe. Kobe kind of developed quicker than some players, but his first year or two weren't crazy impressive, and he had a pretty big role on the team that he was playing with. So yeah. he's coming in 21. I think it's a great pickup for a rebuilding team. The Jazz have shown that they can develop players. So I think. Um, either if the Jazz go in for a quick rebuild, which uh, I think that's the hope. I don't think they're planning to be rebuilding for the next eight years like some teams in the NBA have been. But he fits in right with that timeline. You're going to get a lot of rookies right around his age coming in, developing, and Jazz focus on development. If the rebuild lasts longer, draft picks don't fall where they want, they make bad draft picks, things like that, the Jazz can develop Taylor Horton Tucker like they developed Gordon Hayward, and hopefully they're smart with this one and they trade him before he leaves. And then you, <laughs> or you, you just, at least you at least repool the assets to, yeah. to make it possible to rebuild in a quicker turnaround time. Yeah, I do think like the trade, the trading Beverly definitely means the Jazz do not expect to compete for a title this year, right? Like if you're competing for a title this year. Beverly is someone you want. You want him for the energy. Mm-hmm. You want him for, you know, his defense. And I definitely, it definitely takes what I think everyone 
really was leaning towards the Jazz doing with trading Donovan Mitchell and makes that much more likely. I still think there's a world in which the Jazz suddenly swing a few assets and attempt to retool to try to compete next year. But I think that that's a significantly less likely situation. I still saw that as an option up until this trade, but I feel like, like I've said, I guess a million times that that's died down. Now, THT, like you said, has a lot of room to develop. I mean, he's only played an average of 62 and a half games these last two years, you know, his sophomore and junior year in the league. And he averaged, you know, his second year, 20 minutes, and he averaged 25. That's not a lot of time. Um, We expect veteran bench players to produce during that time because they, like, have had time to get to that point. But I think you need more time to develop. And if he's all of a sudden getting 36 minutes a night, he's going to have a lot of success, especially if things are more geared around him where – I mean, on the Lakers, like, what is it? Get the ball to Davis. Get the ball to LeBron. Get the ball to Carmelo. Get the ball to Westbrook. Like, he was a role player who has the potential of becoming a second or third option on a really good team. And so allowing him to play that position, I'm sure, will greatly increase his um, his skill level and we'll be able to see a lot more out of him on the court. Yeah, I think... And maybe not this year. He's still really young. But I wouldn't... uh, Two years from now, I wouldn't be shocked if he takes a big enough jump that he he doesn't look anything like the same player. And and really, like, his... He's not a bad player. His... Really, his biggest weakness, and I'm based... I haven't watched a ton of Lakers games. I haven't watched much film of him. But just based off the stats, he just kind of needs to figure out his jump shooting a little better. Yeah. And it's a three point shooting percentage is pretty bad, but like, I don't know. The Jazz I, have I, helped I, players develop a three point shot. Yeah. He, now, he's in a position. He's not like a weird body, uh, like shape. Like you see Giannis where Giannis has worked on this three point shot. His shot still looks kind of funny. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. That's not his main thing, but Giannis has improved to above 30%. Taylor Horton Tucker. I'm confident he can, he can get to 35 plus percent, which isn't elite, but for kind of the shooting guard position that he's going to end up playing, if you're surrounded by shooters, that's passable in the NBA. You're you're no, still no. a threat if you're wide open at that point. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know a lot of the correlation bet- between um, free throw percentage and three point percentage. I always hear that discussed where it's like if a college player has good free throw shooting, they're like, OK, they can probably get their three point percentage up. But if it's bad, then they don't expect that three-point percentage to improve that much. Um, first year in the league for Horton Tucker, only played six games. He shot fi- um, 50% from the line. Don't really nice. count that. Like, I'm sure if we look, like, he probably only took three or four, um, like, two or four shots. I hope if he managed three. to get 50% on three free throws, I would be impressed. Like, sign that man right now. Final um, score is, like, 99 and a half 99, to 100. Yeah. I think I would have heard about that had that happened. But then he shot 77 and a half his second season and 80% last year. So, and that's going to the line twice a game. So being able to make one or two of your shots every game, like from the line, pretty good, right? Most of the games he made. I feel like two and a half percent growth is significant enough to make me believe that he can improve that into the mid 80s. 
yeah. uh, if if he decides to work on it. Like it all depends on how much time he spends on shooting, which he's still not a dominant enough force. There's still lots of other things for him to improve on. So we'll see where he puts in the work. Yeah. I mean, I'm really interested since like there have been points in my life when I felt very confident from the free throw line. I feel like that's the only thing that if someone were to tell me like, you know what I can do better than an NBA player shoot free throws that I would like possibly believe them. I have always wondered, like I would love the, ex- I'd, it would stress me out of my mind. I'd love to somehow have the experience of being on the line for game winning free throws. Like, where it actually somehow felt like it mattered and like I knew like it felt real to try that and to see how stressful it actually is and to see how much it messes with your shot. Since it's so easy to hit 10 free throws in a row in an open gym. Like if you put in some work, you know, do it for a few months, like you can probably do that. But man, like if you have tens of thousands of people yelling at you, I I wonder how hard it is to tune that out. And it's just an experience I'm never going to have. Hey, if, if you make enough money, you could if buy I your way it, into that experience. I can buy my way into ex, ex, you, that experience. You no, sign I'm a contract with Jazz Bezos and go to the and go to the um go to space. You know, you pay the Jazz forty million dollars a year to be on 40, the roster. Oh my gosh! You know, if you're a rebuilding team and some rich guy wanted to do that, I get that that would look terrible, but that would not be a bad deal at all. <laughs> Just like okay, like we'll take this. Since I've recent I've recently seen some stuff about the TV deal, and a lot of people are complaining about Ryan Smith wanting to make money from it. They're like, just give us like a good free option. And I'm like, I don't know, like it was really nice having the Jazz go over the salary cap the last couple of years. Like, I want Ryan to be in a situation, like Ashley and Ryan Smith to be in a situation where they can go out and they can say, yeah, we're going to pay the league like millions of dollars extra this year so that we can have a competitive team. And if that makes it so I have to pay a decent amount of money to watch the um, games on TV or what I'll just do anyway, which is listen to the radio broadcast, like I feel like that's for the good of the team. But that that was and kind of a sidetrack. You get a lot more national television games that way, too. Yeah. Which are fun. No, that. Oh, and my. I to watch. Yes. No, it's. I um would love to see the Jazz somehow turn around and do a quick a quick rebuild. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Uh, I I was really interested to see DeAndre Ayton. I know there were a bunch of question marks around him, but I thought like if you want to take a shot, that's a really good shot to take. Like I feel like you have a decent chance there to have success. That didn't happen. Um. John Collins is our, is always out there. I thought that would have been interesting to pair him with Mitchell. But again, like I think that would have happened by now. And like I said, I think you try to keep Beverly. Unless you really are just like, we're going to, I don't know, do you tank this year for um, Webb and Yama? Just butchered that. Um, well, now everyone's really concerned about Webb and Yama after Webb and Yama. I think there's an N in there. I don't know. Uh, if, yeah. Once he's drafted, I'll, I'll figure out the pronunciation. But after the Chet Holmgren injury, um, which I could do Holmgren because that's a Swedish name, so I got that one. You got that one? Yeah. Um, but uh, after that, now everyone, I wonder if there's going to be less hype around uh, people much taller than seven foot. That would be interesting to see if, if, he, if his value drops just because of injury issues. 
Uh, not or not, not even issues, but concerns. What the? What did I do? Okay, I this is so. Oh, this is so weird. Okay, no, it's just I shouldn't. I only got two pictures when I pulled it up, and eight results. It looks like I misspelled it and got the eight results where it's misspelled. Um, <laughs> uh, but I watched an AM Hoops did an interesting video on this. Um, Which, and on by my, the way. That's an excellent channel. If you like basketball content, like subscribe to him. He puts out great yeah. content. Um, and he made some comments about how I guess he found a study where um, a doctor talked about how there was more concern about um, white players over seven feet based on what's considered a more typical structure. I've done no research on this. I know there's a lot of issues in the medical field with things like that being perpetuated about differences between races that are like absolutely not true. I could see this being true, but I want to like a hundred percent caveat this, but I don't know if that's yeah. true and I don't want to make an incredibly racist comment, but like, if that's true, I think that's interesting. Um, and could definitely lead to like the questions. It's like, I believe Rudy Gobert um, is of mixed race and, whether or not that's helped him and things like that, it would be interesting to know or whether it's just pseudoscience, but I'll be interested to see. And if that's the case, if we see teams or if teams like unbeknownst to people already take that into account when they're looking at players, like I know some magic, I know some magic fans online who really wanted um, them to take Holmgren and boy, I bet that those people are the happiest people in the world right now though like that he's the guy you shouldn't have chosen just based on this whether it's a fluke or not like it's really disappointing to see though it was going to be exciting to um watch him play when he's not beating BYU it was great to watch him then but (laughs) I'll like it a bit more when he's not beating the team I'm cheering for yeah I kind of wanted the Thunder to come in and and trade for Mitchell and, and with Holmgren out, that, that's probably not going to happen. But uh, that would be such a fun team to watch where you have uh, Gilgis Alexander, Mitchell, Holmgren, um, their whole young core, plus Mitchell. That would be a, almost guaranteed a playoff team. The trade uh, that at, I've at heard... play in. The trade that I've heard that I think is the one I'd be the most excited for. Um, and I think this is one of those trades where it's... Where if we were to talk to fans of this team they just say why would we do that it was the whole when like the um thice the thice forgo bear trade was just the biggest thing online and i'm like (laughs) yeah yeah everyone in boston loves this um why would the jazz do that like you don't like they were just offering nothing and yeah why would the jazz do that i mean when you look at what they got for for go bear um the interesting one to just have seen. I'm trying to. I don't know what player. I can't remember who it was. But to trade Mitchell to the Magic for picks, um, one of their younger one of their younger pieces who has potential, but Mitchell could kind of replace, and to have them try to accelerate their rebuild. And and I think that would be interesting, just because they've been in a rebuild since I mean Shaq left, right? And, and so I'm, that's been a minute. That's an interesting team because they have some really good young players, but they keep losing because the last 
two or three years, there's always been a key piece injured. Yeah. And so uh, it, if they could stay healthy plus Mitchell, uh, that that could be kind of like the Cleveland Cavaliers this year where they just jumped out of nowhere and were really good. Um, and plus Mitchell. And I, I think they could be like that without Mitchell, but then you add Mitchell yeah. to that team, I think that'd be very interesting. And I don't think they'd have to give up many key players on their team. Uh, they would ma- It would mainly be draft capital that they'd be giving up. Definitely. And I think they're probably, I'd imagine they're under the cap. So they could absorb Mitchell's contract, but only I think Jalen Suggs is the guy I've heard floated around. You know, he's hurt, not going to be ready for the season. Um, and, you know, Mitchell could play his position and kind of mesh around the other guys they've got. And again, like I could definitely see Magic fans being opposed to that. But it's also a trade that makes sense from both sides, where if the Jazz want to enter rebuilding mode, you've got a potential talent in Suggs that, yeah, he's making $7 million a year but you can get a feel on whether you not want to re-sign him or not. And the Magic get, you know, three years of Donovan Mitchell and are able to take a proven talent in the league to help them maybe get up to that, you know, playing conversation right now. Yeah, so I... The the problem, though, is if if you believe the NBA is fixed, which sometimes it feels like it is... Um, He's going to the Knicks. The, the NBA set it up. The NBA believes he's going to the Knicks. If the um, end, he, here's here's what I feel like. Well, and, the, and the Knicks are starting to feel like with their last trade uh, uh, offer, it was such an awful deal that the I feel like the Knicks are starting to get confident. They're just like, yeah, we're going to be able to get him for whatever we want. Okay, I've heard, okay. So I mean, we've definitely heard Miami floated around for Donovan. Bam and Abayo is on a max contract extension, right? Rookie max? I so yeah, so that so they'd have to get rid of Bam How? in that case, right? I need to know where like because this rule, like everyone knows it because they couldn't send Bam to Brooklyn. So where's been the whole Donovan to Miami thing? Where has that like it's a terrible deal to begin with, but do you really get rid of Bam for Donovan? I don't think you do. Um, no, the Heat wouldn't. No, so. uh, plus, like Donovan's really good, but the Heat have pieces that can, like, the Heat can replace the hole that Donovan Mitchell would fill, even though there's no hole there because they don't have him. A lot easier yeah. than they can fill the hole of missing Bam. No, like I like yeah, I agree with that. Like he would be um, because you have Tyler yeah. Hero. You, I think they do they sell Oladipo. Was he recently? Yeah, he's like in like the, the 22nd year of his career. <laughs> he's not even that oh. old. Um, Wait, but like, Depot? Yeah, he, he seems old, uh, but like, I think he was drafted in like 2013, which I guess is like approaching 10 years. Wait, who am I thinking about? Oh, you're thinking of Haslam. Haslam. How did who, I who get did that? Okay. Was uh, Oladipo on the Warriors finals team? Teams? Or am I... No, okay, Oladipo I, I started on the Magic, means. then he went to the Thunder, then to the Pacers, and then to the Heat. I okay, think. I I think that's all the teams. Yeah, no, he is thirty. I don't I don't know what I'm going with. Wow, um, he, he's kind of acting old though because he keeps getting hurt. <laughs> that might be it. I'm sure there's some other O name that I'm mixing him up with. So, no, it'll be interesting. I do think you see 
um, Donovan end up in New York. I I'm I interested really to see how many picks you get. I I mean I don't know if he wants to honestly. Like I don't foresee Donovan re-signing with the Knicks if he goes there. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Knicks are going to get him for three years, and I think he's going to leave his hometown. Since I, it's not great to be a millionaire where you're from, especially, especially you know, when it's New York City. Yeah, and especially where it's um, – I'm sure there's just so many differences in, like, going from an upper-middle-class background to being a millionaire where, like, m- the majority of the people you know are in financially stable positions to being in a slightly lower economic class going there and having a bunch of people that you want to help, but, like a- – and I'm yeah. talking a lot yeah. on what I don't know about, on things I don't I- know. But there's yeah, that, and then it's like, yeah. And also, Every, like there, there are stars that, like, they'd be like, yeah, I prefer to win, but yeah. I need to take care of the money first. Look at Bradley Beal. I don't. I think Donovan Mitchell, um, like, obviously, right now he's young. He needs to get like his number one focus was getting that max contract. He, he he's yeah. not at a point in in his career to take a pay cut, but. I think he has it in him where it's like after this contract and the Knicks are, let's say he goes to the Knicks and they try to resign him. I can totally see him leaving, even though it's going to end up being a little bit less money somewhere else because it's oh, like it'll the Knicks be aren't going to give me a winning thing, roster. Here's the thing though. It'll be a lot more money because I think a year after his deal comes to an end, well, it, I think including the player option, the cap spikes. So it, I, it I guess... Be, it would be a pay raise. It would be yeah. less than what the Knicks could offer him, though. I'm really assuming the rules stay the same by that point. I'm really interested to see. You, no, you are right. Um, I'm really interested to see if pay cuts become a bigger thing once it gets to the fact that the max contract is like $100 million. You know? And, well, and I think they're already starting to get to that point. Because you look at James Harden where he took a pay cut and he's still like in the upper 30s. Yeah. Um, but And you're also seeing a trend which we may not be done talking about Mitchell, but I think this transition's really good into us wanting to talk about Kevin Durant. Where you're seeing older stars that are still really good at basketball that have no value on the market because teams that like are trying to compete either already have their core or if they're willing to add someone like it would mess up their core, whether that be signing them for so much that they have to just kind of get rid of all their depth or trade for them and just throw all their depth at the trade. The teams are starting to realize that depth ha- like that's really valuable. And, yeah. and so they, they're willing to blow it up for a player who's young and a star because they're like, Hey, if we can hold on to him, we get a star player for the next 15 years. We're now contending for 15 years. But you look at LeBron James, who he probably realized there might not be as big of a market for him as he would like when he entered free agency, which might be why he signed an extension. Looking at Kevin Durant, where he's up there in age, no one wanted to trade for him, even though he's under contract for a long time, both because of his history and because, like, how much longer do we have him? Same thing with Kyrie Irving. He couldn't find anyone to sign him. He's not even that old. He's, like, younger 30s. 
Yeah. And and there's other things like like there's other things in that that off the court issues, but I think people are uh, maybe it's just right now in the NBA how it's going. I don't know if it's a trend going into the future, but like once you hit age 30, even if you're a superstar still, your value is not the same to other teams. And so that that's kind of an interesting trend that we might be seeing of uh, stars either having to stay with their own team or if they want to move in free agency, which has become really common recently, they may just have to take pay cuts because other teams won't want to pay them the max anymore. Yeah. No, I think the big thing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant specifically, um, and you can even lump LeBron James into this, is they want to be on contending teams, right? Like, if if it was just the Nets trying to trade Kevin Durant to the highest bidder, like, I, I think the Jazz could have put together a really appealing package for Kevin Durant, you know? But the highest bidder doesn't want him. No. That wouldn't be a winning team anymore, and he would just request a trade. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see, right? Since they definitely want some young people, and... Like, but if the Jazz, let's say, you throw in like three of your own picks, the four picks you just got from Minnesota, um, whether or not you're able to give the young talent back the Knicks want, but then you have Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell together, like, I think that you, I don't know if that's going to be a title contending team, but the chance to get KD is a really great chance. But when Kevin Durant's yeah, like, I want to go to either Miami, which there's no good trade packages with, or I want to go to Phoenix. Like that's the Which, thing. It's Phoenix is the only one that I can see make sense. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense until I think. I, I, think I don't know like if it's mid December or the trade deadline. I think February, sometime late January or early okay. February. Because DeAndre Ayton is able to get to be traded. Part of that deal. Yeah, Ayton has to be part of the deal. I can't remember. He got yeah. him. Ayton got a max deal with Indiana, though, right? So not only do you have to somehow work out the Simmons situation based on the contract, Aiton, Aiton has a no trade clause um, like from a year from, I think when the contract was signed. So that means that Aiton has to approve the trade. So if he just wants to continue to Which, stiff it, stiff the Suns, or if he just I, doesn't want to go there, I, I it's not I, necessarily I vindictive. I don't. Uh, and it's always possible to mend things. I always like to look at, I think it was the early 90s, Hakeem Olajuwon hated the owner on the Rockets. He wanted to leave. He demanded a trade, and the owner held out, and they eventually mended things, and then they won two championships with Olajuwon. So it's always yeah. possible to do that. It's people. People are weird sometimes, Like, and, and you can you can always fix that relationship. Uh, so it's possible that Aiton stays. But with how the organization handled things, if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, okay, great, I got paid. I'm on a good team, but I don't trust this organization. They don't care yeah. about me. I'm going to leave. And so like, if so, I don't think it'll be tough for them to figure out a note, like get him to a, approve a trade. Even if he, like, pro- he, I mean, he was willing to go to Indiana, which is a team that's not ready to compete. So they could yeah. trade him pretty much anywhere as long as he'd have a good spot do, on the roster. I do wonder how confident he was in that offer being matched. I, I I'd imagine yeah. he was pretty confident that that would be matched. So, I mean, I wonder if there's a world where, you know, the Suns decide not to match it. All of a sudden he's in Indiana for four years and he's like, it's a like crap. 
ooh, this was not the end goal. But, like, yeah, he's not going to be sad about going to Brooklyn, too. As you know, like, a young 20-year-old being in New York, not going to be disappointed at all. Especially Tons of endorsement opportunities. Tons of endorsement, like, you know, the social life. Uh, I mean, Phoenix is, like, a big market. But I'm sure the social life just pales in comparison to what you can have in New York. I I know it's like the... I don't get how the NBA decides big markets. It's really, really big markets. Compared to slightly smaller big markets. Because it's like L.A. and New York and Chicago, which are all like actually big, but those are like some of the bigger markets. NBA also considers Miami a big market. Miami's not even a million people. You look at like the Phoenix metropolitan area and it's massive. (laughs) There's a ton of people who live in Phoenix, but that's considered a small market. I do so really I, wonder I, how much of it is I just a, this has a nightlife that the players want. Like, yeah, and I, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine like revenue opportunities off the court play play a role in it. too. That's, yeah, that makes sense. I always kind of feel like I'm like, how is Orlando a small market? And then I went to the airport and kind of like, OK, like maybe I think Orlando is bigger than it is since this is a pretty crappy airport for <laughs> for an <laughs> NBA city. There's a um, lot of money in Orlando, but Disney kind of hogs all of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Like, I do think there's a world where KD gets dealt during the season. But like you said, I think the hard thing is uh, um, that, like, KD wants to get dealt to a really good team. And the Nets want to get really good players back from that really good team. And what situation, like works with that unless other than like a Katie Giannis swap. And why would you do that? <laughs> like you wouldn't do it's, that. Don't. It's because Giannis don't. said that he wanted to play for the Bulls. <laughs> I find that did, hilarious. Did you hear that clip? I did. Wasn't it essentially he's like, well, I mean, they're like <laughs> one of the iconic teams in the NBA. Like if you're growing up in Greece when he's growing up. Wait, is he? He's older How than old? us. He's older than us, so. But only by like a couple years. So, I guess he would have gotten the tail end of Jordan. Yeah, but still, Jordan was the guy. Twenty-seven. So twenty-seven, born in ninety-four. So he's like seven, eight years he, old. But, and, he but was he even Jordan. watching the well, NBA when he was seven or eight? Um, I don't know. But I mean, I but, totally get like, and maybe. And, yeah, sorry. We're just cutting it's each other him. off today. Uh, yeah, everyone's just putting so everyone's much into that. Into it. He was honest. I think that's the frustrating thing. Like, he didn't just answer the question in a blind, loyal way. But what has he shown other than that one line to make us think he's going to Chicago? Well, uh, I also think Giannis is playing the game right. He wants to keep Milwaukee on their toes. He wants to be competing for championships. Yeah. And he'll use the leverage that he has to make sure the ownership keeps paying and if they I, don't I, I think he's 100 percent willing to leave if they're not putting the right roster around him yeah but i don't think he will just to leave I like some like players might the type of um, player empowerment that i feel like Giannis has exercised like i fully believe that um when he signed that five-year deal that when everyone thought he was going to sign a one-year deal that there was some discussion about him um like if things went down south, that they would make sure to trade him and that they would help him out. 
um, which made it more of a prove-it deal. But it's not like Kevin Durant just absolutely blindsiding the entire market the day that free agency opens. Um, I'm still honestly kind of kind of don't like the discussion, and I've said this before on the podcast, where people go back to Oklahoma City and people go back to um, Golden State and, like, use those against him. I mean, like, why? what's so bad about him leaving, leaving Oklahoma City? Um per se, like, I get that I wanted him to stay. I wanted him to stay for the NBA. Um, I think it would have been a more competitive NBA. But wanting to, like, change scenery after you've been somewhere for seven years isn't crazy, especially when you got drafted to Seattle, forcefully moved down to Oklahoma City. Like, wanting to go um, somewhere else isn't crazy. Like, I'm down with that. And I'm sorry, I don't like Draymond Green. I, I honestly think that Draymond Green deserves a lot more flack for what went down in Golden State than I feel like he gets. I feel like they're equally responsible, at, at least. Draymond Green is interesting. Cause I, I, I agree with you there. And he's one of those players where I feel like he's one of the few players that is both overrated and underrated. Because uh, for a while, people are like, oh, Draymond Green's one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. I don't think he ever was that. But I think you can continue to argue that he is one of the most impactful players for his team. One of the uh, most, in, yeah. Watching the Warriors with Draymond Green, they're a way different team than without him. He he's just such a leader on and off the court that he like he helped shape those teams into championship teams and continues to do so. But I don't think he's not like. Uh, he's not a max the, money guy. Like, and he wants it's max like money it's like right Patrick now, so Beverly. Patrick yeah. Beverly is not the most skilled player out there, but he has a big impact on the teams just because the energy he brings. So yeah, I don't know. like not everyone's going to be a number one option. You can only have thirty number one options in the league at any given time, and how many of those players are actually deserving to be a number one option? I I, I don't want to. That sounds harsh. But how many of those players are the number one option? Because you know you're on the Kings. So like, there's got to be a number one option on the Kings, or you're on like you're on a crap team. So yeah, someone has to be the number one option. And you look at the Nets and the Sixers, where they have two number one options on their team. Yeah, Harden on any other team is the number one option. And like, you need a good eighth man to be able to win a title. Like, if you're not eight deep, you're not winning a title, right? So you you need a you need great players at every level. The real question is, is like, will Draymond demand max money? Like it sounds like it sounds like he's going to, and is there a chance where you see Draymond green, not retire a warrior just because he wants money and he's willing to walk out. Or do you have a weird Dwayne Wade situation where you have, you have, um, you have him on a different team for a couple of years and then come back eventually when they realize they're maybe not as good as they thought they were. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's what happened with Wayne Wade, but yeah, yeah we, I think we are getting to a point, like um, we're getting to a point in the NBA where everyone is kind of entering, like all the stars that have been the stars for the past decade, they're starting to enter the point of their career where they're just like, you know what? Especially the players like Draymond, like Steph, like LeBron, or I guess They've been in like almost all the championships in the last 10 years, at least competing for one. But 
um, you're seeing them care a little bit less about winning every single championship, and they're starting to care more about just like, you know what, we're wrapping things up. I, yeah. I have I've won my championships. Let me start enjoying this. I realize, hey, I'm not getting paid forty million a year for much longer from my NBA team. Let me start focusing on other things. Let me get paid that forty million while I still can. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't. I'm interested to see because you mentioned players may be more willing to take pay cuts, but now we're entering just, a stage where yeah. a lot of stars are entering the stage where they just might be like, you know what? I don't care about winning anymore. Just pay me my money. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, like LeBron James already gets paid way less than he theoretically should, and I guess. There's a big debate about unions and that if you if you want to get into it, I guess if you've made it this far and want to go into the comments I, out of respect for watching the last 40 minutes. We might have to just have that discussion with you, um, but it, it'll just be interesting, right? Because I don't think the players should take less money. Like, I don't. I think that if you really want to win, that it's uh, that it might become required to take less money because mm-hmm. what team has recently won? a lot of titles, not in the NBA, but you look at the Patriots and they won, was it six or seven, six Super Bowls in like a 10 year span. And a large part of that was because the best quarterback in the league, I hate to say it, but it's true, was not taking the highest um, salary he could. Well, and even keeping with the NBA, Steph Curry was on a really cheap deal. For at least the first championship, if not the first two. That was just some bad luck, though, right? More yeah, so, so. like, And, and so I that wasn't want... hit by choice, but they built that team. And yeah, and, that helped. And were too, able right? to add Kevin Durant because of that kind of situation. And some really good luck with the salary cap and increasing at the right moment. Yeah, and so I'm interested to see what happens in the next CBA. Like, we are in for a treat for the CB for like, you know, when the CPA comes to an end in 2024, like the player empowerment discussion, the money discussion, do you slowly raise the cap, which means less money for the players, but means less super teams that could be created. Like, how do you avoid another? I um, think the cap should be, the cap should be dynamic based off of number of wins last season. And so all the good teams get a lower cap. Oh, get a lower cap. And all the bad teams get a higher cap. Do you think we're going to see a, a the luxury tax applied differently to homegrown players than um, traded players or players obtained in free agency? I, I, I don't know if they would do that because really the only way to get into the luxury is by having several homegrown players. And and it depends on how you define that, because you yeah. can't, you can't sign a player for over the cap, but unless they've been mm-hmm. on your team for a certain number of years, or you inherit a contract like that. So I'm actually, you're you're right because I know that that hap- I think the biggest thing is you look at Golden State and the amount of luxury tax bill that they have to pay, um, for player for players that they've all drafted, right? Other than Wiggins, everyone's been drafted on that I, team, more or less. I don't. I'm not in love with the luxury tax because I feel like it punishes small markets. So it's it's at the point where if you want to compete, you kind of have to be in the luxury. Yeah. 
And it's hard, the right? small because market owners are the ones that are usually less able to be in the luxury tax. And they're also the ones that get a lot of money from the luxury tax. Because if they're not in the luxury tax, that's where the luxury oh, so, tax goes. So they're just, is, which maybe that's exactly why the NBA set it up that way, because the NBA gets more money when the Lakers are in the finals than if the Suns are in the finals. Maybe. I and mean, so like, hey, it's just we can have some good small market teams, but. And does that's fair. Let's motivate them to not be good. That's fair. Um, I do then wonder: Does the luxury tax increase parity in the league? Does it make it so like you're forced to make changes and you're forced to blow apart your team so that you're not getting repeat title winners as much, unless you're just willing I, to go into it? I and it hasn't. Pro- the data hasn't proven that at all. Look at the last decade, and it's been Steph Curry or LeBron James every so, single year. It's been Steph Curry. It, it's LeBron. been different teams with LeBron James, but wasn't there? I think there might have. Was there weird salary cap, cap stuff that happened that helped LeBron get to the Heat that year as well? Wasn't there a C, I, wasn't weren't there two CBAs? I, I think would imagine a CBA that got LeBron to the Heat, and a there CBA must have been because they KD. signed. They signed three All Stars. Yeah, so and Dwayne th- Wade. There's no was, way that yeah. would have been, a, and and they hadn't. Uh, I don't know. They didn't have a so, great roster that first year, other than the three All Stars. So, but if you look, since I, I'd have to look into this, that feels like two quick back to back CBAs. Since you had the original lockout, you had a CBA that got KD to Golden State, but then after that CBA, and after like things kind of happened to like work out the huge cap increase we've had a lot of parody the last five years golden state's the only repeat title winner the last fight since toronto won or since golden state won the year before toronto won but you still have lebron in there so because well the last five years is steph lebron Giannis. yes steph wait steph isn't it steph Kawhi? Well, I wasn't doing an order. I oh, just, sorry. Okay, yeah. no, we're, no, I'm being overly... Yeah, so I'll be interested to see. Um, but I really think you have to fix the cap in some way that doesn't allow the creation of super teams. But can you do that if players are like, oh, I'll take $70 million. I'll take a $10 pay cut and make $70 mil- Sorry, a $10 pay cut. I'll take a $10 million <laughs> pay cut and make hey, $70 million a year. You can like, pay me seventy nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand yes, nine. It's a ten a ten dollar pay cut, um, but ten million dollars is a lot less when you're making seventy million dollars than it is when you're making thirty. So that's true. it hurts a lot less to. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I mean, maybe with inflation right now, you know, seventy million is the new thirty well, and, million. And with that, I think the role players are the ones who go into. So like oh, they're going to get I, the bag. I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference because like if you take a 10 million dollar pay cut now, you're getting one good role player, probably a little older. Uh if But you if you have your three top players With, take a 10 million dollar pay cut, then that's 30 extra million that you get. That you now get one good Role player for yeah one good with role the inflation because, of role players at that yeah with point. the inflation of role players yeah in in ten years I would imagine role players are now getting paid twenty five million a year 
Yeah. Like, being sixth man of the year is going to be a lot more cush gig, you know, seven years from now. I know. You're going to be, like, above the mechs now as yeah, a sixth it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the league. I'm also just waiting for the day. Like, I feel like we're on a sports um, a sports bubble when it comes to, like, how much the Big Ten has just, just got announced that they're going to make, what the SEC is going to have in their new grant of rights. That that's a whole conversation. Like I, uh, I like is that the end of NCAA football? It, like that might that's a realistic option at this point. Yeah, which is kind of scary. Um, yeah, I, a I lot don't of know. teams will be left in the dust. It'll just be so interesting when the West Coast representation, if that happens, is going to be USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. Um. Because the Big 12 is going to be like the minor league to the Big 10 and SEC. I, I've heard rumors that after Labor Day, we hear the new ba- we hear the new Pac-12 contract. Don't oh, have my, interesting. And by rumors, I mean, I've heard people say they have a source. I'm not like out here, you know, with my sources at you, the University of Utah or anything. Utah um, State's going to the Pac-12. Utah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. They have a... They have a good team this year, or at least they're supposed to. They haven't proven it yet, but I mean, they had a really good team last year. I think they're kind of. I think there's been a lot of disrespect. I think you're going to see them at eight or nine wins, and that's like me spitballing. That's solid though. If you get to no, nine wins, like, like double digit wins is you're among the best if you have oh, a tough schedule. Last year was amazing for them. Like, props to them. I mean, yeah, you were the third best football team in the state. And and we uh, I won't say who I think the best team was, but SUU, S yes SUU, there we go. So, well, we've kind of rambled. We're off basketball, you know. We if you've made it this far, thank you so much. In fact, okay, if you make it all the way here, come to the YouTube video and. and If you make it, I'll send you one of the hats we have. Um, not one of my hats back there. I'll send you one of the extra hats you have. So we'll see if anyone made it to the 54th minute of this video. And, and we'll get you a Utah Jazz hat. But, yeah. Thank, I'd be fascinated if anyone I'll does be make impressed. It. I'll be impressed. But, hey, thanks to everyone watching. Whether you watched the first 10 minutes or you made it here, we really do appreciate it. We'll be getting to you in September. Um... We'll see if Donovan gets traded, but dang it, it's going to be an exciting month leading up to preseason in the beginning of October, but thanks so much and go Jazz!